I was waiting for you to pick that up. <laughs> I know what your song you're singing, but I don't know the lyrics at all. Oh, wait. Oh, no. I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. Hold oh, on. <sighs> Do you remember? <laughs> uh, welcome back, guys. It's another week. Adjust the headers. I'm not Phil Collins. I'm D. One of the hosts on the Bitcoin Podcast Network, where we have all kinds of shows. But this is the one you tune into if you want to hear cryptocurrency headlines. Am I right? You're right. And what you just heard was the voice of the main host of just the headers. I'm just a sideliner. Jesse the man broke. Jesse, introduce yourself to the people. What's up, everybody? I'm the co-host of Just the Headers, a podcast showing you guys a little piece of the crypto news. Yeah. And uh, with a little bit of fun. Yeah. Entertaining bits by both of us. This is Jesse's world and we're all living in it. (laughs) So, Jesse, how was your week? My week was pretty pretty ordinary nothing nothing happened yeah. <laughs> same here man i'm embracing the um i call it the monotony of domestic living is that whenever Whoa. you what no 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 continue well like when you commit to a person and you're getting hot and heavy in the commitment and you're like living together and there's living together behaviors going on and you get a text in the middle of the morning like Hey, did you or open my strawberry shortcakes? And I'm like, what? What are you talking about, lady? My strawberry shortcakes are open. I was like, yeah, you have a son who can grab things. So your son probably did it. She's like, well, no, he couldn't have done it because he wouldn't have done that. And I'm like, well, I don't. Basically, it turns into this micro argument about strawberry shortcakes. <laughs> and that's like the monotony of healthy living. Is like you get in these weird arguments like, oh, did you leave the ketchup open? And it's like, I don't know, maybe. Is it something, is it worth the energy to ask me or just close the fucking ketchup and put it in the cabinet? Or, you know, like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's a much better option. Or like, hey, you left the lights on. Did you know you left the lights on? It's like, well, I mean, obviously I did not know that because the light was left on. So I feel like the better piece of energy there is to just turn the light off and not make make any utterance of it whatsoever. You know? Oh, I mean... 
you've got to embrace that because that's that daily living with another human, right? That's awful. That's what it is, though. I mean, that's... It, wow. That sounds painful. Yeah. For me, though, it's things like, hey, did you put this toilet paper on the wrong way on purpose to make <laughs> me angry? And it's like, well, is the toilet paper coming off of the roll? And it's like, well, I see what you're getting at. There's a level of functionality that is equivalent. However, there is a right and wrong. Toilet paper goes over the front. I'm not trying to pull this from the back. That's just weird. Did you get the toilet paper or not? And it's like, wait a second. You're not understanding the fundamental flaw here. And so that's what I'm talking about, embracing the monotony of domestic living. It's like, oh, like. You're just not going to roll up the bag of cereal so all the cereal gets stale and then we've got <laughs> to go buy more cereal quicker. Cool. This is what it's all about. Can we just make a podcast about this? About you <laughs> ranting and venting, please? <laughs> yeah. We, sh- we should. Yeah. My The thing that like really makes my eye twitch lately about domestic living is that my girlfriend's son will refuse to eat the things that are on his plate and i've i'm not a stingy person like at all but the thing is is if i've just prepared this cuisine for your tiny body that needs nourishment and then you refuse (laughs) to eat the exact same cuisine that's on your tiny plate and on my adult plate and you want to come pick food off of my plate. And I and it's 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 a very it's a delicate situation, Jesse. It's a delicate situation. <laughs> okay. It's Jesus. Like, it's, it's, Jesus. No, I don't want what you have. <laughs> I don't want what you have. <laughs> I don't want what you nobody. I think everybody's domestic living monotony is unique and different, and that's what makes it fun, you know? But it's just, <laughs> you know, you've got to embrace it because other people are alone. And you're like, I remember that. Yeah, I don't know about that. The only thing cool about being alone, um, it's definitely not the loneliness. It's the freedom in which you do and make schedules. It's like, you know, I could do whatever I want whenever I want. And I'm not arguing about toilet paper. So, yeah. Yep. Oh, oh, shit. If this is your first time tuning into Just the Headers, we talk about the headlines from the previous week to now. Um, sometimes we go on tangents. You just experienced that. I apologize. Um, <laughs> Harmony Foods, we're still coming out to get your ass. We're going, we're coming after that sponsorship, baby, because I need that fruit in my life. So, anywho, Jesse, you ready to get this show on the motherfucking road? Yeah, dude, let's do it. All right, let's do this shit. First article from last week is written by Yagida Katri. She's fly, she's sly, and she likes her bread rye. Uh, Facebook is in talks to build an ecosystem for planned stablecoins, says the Wall Street Journal. So, 
Um, this is one of the articles that we went into last week. Let's read a little bit of it. Social media giant Facebook is said to be in talks with firms, including Visa and MasterCard, to support and fund its planned fiat-backed cryptocurrency. Um, whatever. This is just news for Facebook to make money. Uh, Facebook has shareholders that they're trying to distract from the fact that they do really, really bad things with people's very, very private information. Uh, so that's what this is about. Uh, I can't prove that in a court of law. So if you work for Facebook and you don't like what I just said, and, but you really like riding around on your weird ass blue bikes around Silicon Valley, um, don't sue me. I thought right. they already paid four to five billion dollars um, in in a lawsuit regarding um, the what is it in that private um, firm that they bought. I don't know. The only thing I regret about any of my behavior on Facebook was sending lewd photographs via Facebook Messenger because I know that somebody saw that and they weren't supposed to. So, have you ever sent any? What's the most personal information you sent via Facebook Messenger? Mm, my name. You are a private person. <laughs> <laughs> All right. One more comment about that, and then I'll drop it. The most regretful thing about sending pictures of your nethers to another person via, like, messenger apps is not the fact that you did it, especially if you didn't put your face in it. There's no big deal, right? My face isn't in it. It's just a dong. Could be anybody's. But you know it's mine. But it's when you open your messenger app the next time and see your member and forget that you sent it in the first place. And then so you just open up your messenger app and you're like, oh, what the hell? Why is there? Oh, that's right. I said, OK, that's right. Now I remember, you know, what I'm saying it's just like sticker shock. Right. Mm. So you obviously don't know what I mean. Uh, but that has happened to me in my life before. Moving forward, Bitcoin mining's new bidding war. <laughs> Wolfie Zhao. Um, did CoinDesk stop putting like uh, metrics on these? I don't see the read metrics and the share metrics. Mm, let's see. While Jesse looks for that, I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, I don't see them. Yeah, gone. I guess they took them away. They took them away. Yeah. Uh, Bitcoin mining is new bidding war. So there's some takeaways here. He wants to put right at the top. As Bitcoin prices edges up, secondhand mining equipment is becoming more profitable to run. As a result, the price of used miners has nearly doubled in recent weeks um, to $250 to $320 for old Bitmain ant miners. Somewhere between $220,000 and $700,000 mining units could come online this summer. Hot damn. Newer, more powerful models won't be shipped for months and take longer to pay for themselves. Ugh. The cost of secondhand cryptocurrency mining equipment in China has nearly doubled in recent weeks. So, in case you guys are new to crypto, this is how the algorithm works. When mining is tough, miners drop off because they're like, damn, man, I can't afford to keep paying these electricity costs, bro. And then their friends go like, you're absolutely right, dog. You need to shut your miners down. And then they say, all right, man, 
So they go to the power club and they, they the power plug and they, they unplug their miters. They power down. Then months go by and the price drops. And then all of a sudden the difficulty drops and it becomes easier for them to mine again. So they say, you know what I'm going to do though? It's about that time. Jesse's about that time about to pull the trigger on these miners again. And they plug them in the wall and they mine again. And that's how that works. It's kind of like a cycle. Mm. I see a lot of people go to altcoins while the prices of main coins tank. They well, go that's to, like, the, thing, newly... the benefit of ASICs or GPU miners. Yeah, most people are GPU miners, like most of those bro-y people. You say bro-y? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would you consider... Am I considered a bro? I think I'm considered a bro. Mm. Yeah, I don't that's think so. a bro kind of answer. I think, like, of the categories I outlined in the Slack <laughs> yesterday, I think I fall well within the confines of bro. Yeah, I think I think you don't just purely because you put out an educational, relatively educational podcast versus most of those bro e type people are still trying to get people into their paid groups. Maybe and I'm a brother. Maybe you're D. It's very true. There's only one D in this whole shabazz. It's true. <laughs> Sorry that I just said shabazz. All right, on to the next article. Um, sorry to sum that one up. Miners be mining. You can't stop a, a miner from mining. Um, we just read something on stablecoin, so I don't think I want that. But I want this next article that you listed here. I like this. I like the taste of how this reads. Um, marketing two hundred and four for engineer. What? Huh? What? This is weird. This read weirds. Marketing 204 for engineers. Like a, like a class. Oh, like one. Okay. Okay, I get it now. That was that took me a minute. That took me a minute. For marketing 103 for engineers, roughing out a phone. Is this a how-to? Is this a, this is a how-to. Okay. Uh, we're not going to read this guy's clickbait. Uh, but if you want to, in the article database... <laughs> not a database well, it's kind of a database it's a spreadsheet anyways you can look at this you can find this article if you want to read a how-to on how to market uh you know for for engineers if you if you're building something that's complex you need to take something that's simple from it and explain that to 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 people and then the people are gonna buy your thing they're gonna buy the thing that you made Right, that's how that goes. So, um. <gasps> oh no, Balaji's leaving Coinbase already. Earn.com founder Balaji Srinivasan is leaving Coinbase. Wow, Balaji, the founder of Earn.com and CTO of Coinbase, publicly announced his exit from the company in a pair of tweets last night. Coinbase was fun, and it was energizing working with so many great people. I'll be taking a bit of time off to get back in shape and up to speed on everything happening while I was heads down. He wrote, more soon. The Earn integration was successful, and we've closed $200 million in deals for the new Coinbase Earn. Uh, It was also my privilege to help with shipping new assets, launching USDC, and getting staking and voting going. 
Coinbase bought earn.com in 2018 and made Srinivasan CTO at, at, I hope I'm saying that right. Srinivasan? Srinivasan? I can't help you. <laughs> I have no dog in this fight. I cannot help you there. After months of rumors, Earn started as a secretive and well-founded uh, 21E6, a.k.a. 21.co, uh, which released a, oh, 21E6, like 21 million. I get it. Yeah, yeah. 21.co, which released a mining product before pivoting to a service that paid users for answering questions. Uh, Srinivasan is a Stanford graduate who holds a PhD. None of that is relevant. He's been out of college for a very long time. We're very grateful to Balaji for all of his contributions to Coinbase. Real Coinbase PR spokesperson. His efforts over the past year have had a major impact on the trajectory of the company. Uh, he's on to his next challenge, and we wish him well. So I actually wish you well, too, Balaji. I, I've gotten you on uh, two of my shows before, um, but I unfortunately couldn't make it both times you came. Uh, I wanted to interview for a long time, so we'll see if I still get the chance to do that. But um, congratulations on your successes, and we're moving on. Your turn, Jesse. Take the mic, baby. All right. Monday's articles start with Decrypt Media. How successful has Binance's charity drive been? Binance's Lunch for Children campaign has pledged thousands to schools in Uganda. Has it made, has it actually made any difference? So let's dig in a little bit here into this article. The project their margins. Go on, though. is a partnership between Binance and Chinese nonprofit Dream Building Service Association, which started feeding kids through the, quote, Lunch for Children program back in 2017, distributing $150,000 in donations to schools in Africa. Binance claims that using blockchain wallets makes donations more secure and because all funds can be traced it's impossible to lose funds to corruption or theft skeptics might well raise questions about the use of blockchain the value of crypto donations for lunch for children currently around 237,000 could wash away in a single market crash and the technology sounds at first glance too complicated for the parents of ugandan school children many of whom are illiterate and we are nothing if not skeptics so we took a look at the project three months in and spoke to as many people as we could find who worked for this, who worked at the schools, and we found out that so far it seems to be working pretty well. So, hmm. interesting. So um, crypto is good for donating money. It says uh, for donating. Period. Yeah. Uh, What's funny is uh, every once in a while I read an article and then I think to myself, yeah, it's crazy. It's almost as if cryptocurrency is money. This is one of those articles. It's like so oh, a working. Hmm? Yeah, uh, no, no, go ahead. No, no, no. I wasn't going to say anything of value, honestly. Oh, okay. So later in the article, they're just talking about a working blockchain lunch program. How does one convert crypto to food that feeds Ugandan school children? First, donate to Binance's crypto wallet and Bitcoin Ethereum packs or Binance's very own Bit uh, Binance coin. From there, you've got to put a lot of trust in a system that's run on a trustless blockchain. The funds go into campaign wallets managed by the Binance Charity Foundation. You'll have to trust Binance knows how to use the funds appropriately and that they're targeting the right schools. You'll have also have to trust Binance to open trust wallets for the parents and guardians of the school kids who you trust exist. 
then trust a Binance volunteer to watch over parents' shoulders as they authorize transactions with local wholesalers whom you've trusted Binance to have sourced correctly. Local wholesalers then feed the kids according to nutritious menus designed by Binance. So why trust Binance and where's the blockchain and all of this? The idea is that crypto donations promise to solve the charity sector's quote, leaking bucket issue when too many corrupt middlemen take out uh, take their cut of the donations. Little is left for the beneficiaries. With crypto, all of Binance's donations minus a small amount of gas to pay for the transactions end up feeding the kids. That's because it's near impossible to steal from Binance. Parents and everyone else <laughs> in the chain can only use the crypto wallets to pay. Is this like a paid for? I don't think it is, but the irony in that statement is it's near impossible to steal from Binance. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the thing that sucks, though, is that there's a general level of stupidity that's grown over the years in the whole human populace. It's what happens when everybody gets a voice. But since everybody's gotten a voice and we embrace the internet, stupidity has arisen, or at least it's louder. And... Mm. uh Every time you see like Bitcoin was stolen, people think Bitcoin was hacked. And there's no way around that uh, because I have people asking me in my DMs, hey, Bitcoin got hacked again. And I'm like, no, that's not the case. You're just operating on a relatively stupid level. Do people you actually ask you into- like, if Bitcoin got hacked? Yeah, that happens to me quite frequently, actually. Oh, wow. And I had to tell them, no. Well, you got to understand, like, in my own personal social circle, I'm the Bitcoin guy. Like, that's me. Oh, okay. I'm D, the Bitcoin guy. So if there's any... Huh? No, I said I see. Yeah, so if there's anything ever, like, at least two times I got the whole, whoa, what's the CEO of Bitcoin doing? And I'm like, dude, this isn't... You need to stay out of this game. You need to stay out of this game. You need an E-Trade account. And that's where you need to operate. You need to stay out of this game. So, anyways. Your turn. Uh, uh, but apparently, what happens I to the segues? We used to have really good segues. We did. Because we were trying. Now we're just kind of going through articles. Because, yeah. Let's, I don't let's know. Try. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to wade through these articles. Like that decrypt media. Like I had to click on it before I even knew what the title of the article was. When I pasted into our... Um, our Monday um, yeah. column. That's a medium article, it looks like, though. Is it? Oh, yeah. Look at that link. Right. It's really weird. It's like medium feed. It's from medium. Oh, Decrypt Media has an RSS feed pulling from medium? Maybe. Their own no, I don't medium? know. I don't no, know. No, maybe not. They're being know. extra. All right, here we go. We'll... Uh, Read something completely different. So Bitcoin's lightning comes to Apple smartwatches with a new app. You can now receive Bitcoin's experimental lightning payments with a few taps of an Apple smartwatch. Launched Sunday by Blue Wallet, one of the more popular lightning network wallets, their new app for Apple watches allows users to receive Bitcoin over its new risky but nonetheless promising payment technology lightning. Take it away. Sure. Blue, uh, Blue Wallet tweeted a sneak peek of the app weeks ago, but as of today, it's officially downloadable from the iTunes store. Product and UX engineer Nuno Coelho framed the app as an experiment, telling Coinbase, quote, it's a small experiment we're doing to put wallets on the watch. 
the first releases will be simple, allowing you to receive Lightning payments. Why might someone want to receive Lightning transactions via a smartwatch, you might ask? Smartwatches aren't as popular as smartphones, but many use them for the convenience of tracking health and viewing phone notifications without actually pulling out the phone. Blue Wallet to that end is testing to see if users might like to use them for Bitcoin payments as well. So it's just an experiment by a company, Blue Wallet, helmed by three developers. So more of a social experiment than an actual test of a final product. And we have another article about Bitfinex shareholders starts pre-orders for exchange tokens public sales. Even though iFinex, the parent company of Bitfinex, has not published an official white paper for its exchange token offering, one of its shareholders has already kicked off pre-orders for the token sale. On May 4th, Renrenbit, Renrenbit, a crypto lending application founded by Bitfinex shareholder Dong Zhao, started taking in pre-orders from users who want to participate in the public phase of the exchange's upcoming $1 billion token sale. Zhao said Bitfinex is aiming, aiming to list the exchange token dubbed LEO for trading in about a week after the token offering completes, and that Bitfinex and iFinex will not hold any LEO tokens. According to RenRenBit's official Telegram channel, retail investors who have completed know-your-customer identification and verification on the application are already committing each up to $1,000 worth of Tether. The crypto stablecoin pegged to the U.S. dollar operated by Bitfinex's affiliated company Tether. Users with more than a million dollars worth of USDT on RenRenBit, however, are considered accredited investors and will not have limitations on the maximum commitment of for pre-orders. Mm. So you can... Does Bitfinex? Yeah. You can buy any of that? No. Me. Are you? No, I'm not. I can't <sighs> call it pride, call it idiocy. I don't know. Oh, here, here, right here. Notably, it was Zhao who suggested Bitfinex to conduct an exchange token offering as a way to solve the issue of $850 million being frozen after a lawsuit from the New York Attorney General's office. The move also comes a day after Zhao disclosed his, via his Weibo account a summarized draft white paper for Bitfinex's offering of its LEO token, which aimed to raise a billion dollars via a private sale closing on May 10th, after which a public sale will take place if it's not yet fulfilled. So they're just trying to cover for the fact that they probably don't have enough money to back Tether. Yeah. I think what, is what we know. Losses. Yeah. And um, what is it? The uh, fractional reserve. That's what they're trying to cover. And also, like, if you're rich enough, you can basically, this is basically just a stable coin that will be tradable on their exchange. Um, no, it's not a stable coin, right? That's not a stable coin per se. It's going to be like Binance token. So if anything, you'll make money on this. Yeah, they'll make money on the exchange. The trans the yeah, it's it's weird, man. Crypto's gotten weird. So basically, you just make your own. You trick people into using your thing and then make your own money and then they're using your money for stuff. Yep. That's weird. But I guess that's the times we live in and I guess you have to embrace it, right? Like the US won't embrace that shit. That's for sure. It ain't going down like that. If I want to watch Fergie exchange and all of a sudden get people trading actual assets through it and I'm making a massive amounts of profit, 
on the transaction fees um, and the trading fees, the exchange fees, then and then all of a sudden I want to make Fergie coin and people are using my money to trade their money. Oh, hell no. It ain't going down like that. But anyways, on to you, Jesse. I'm trying to see, like, um, in gift cards, I wonder who has the most out right now in um, preloaded gift cards. Like, what company, if Amazon maybe does, or... Why are you looking for that? I mean, that's, that's like, the closest thing, I guess, to... um, to exchanges offering their own exchange token, you know, Binance with their Binance token or Bitfinex with the O token. I'm just curious what happens when they become insolvent. And because um, usually like in uh, in like the in the case of like Toys R, uh, Toys R Us, Blockbuster or whatever, if you have like preloaded gift cards, you're like last in line during a, a class action lawsuit to get your money back. When, uh, yeah, because that money grabbing. doesn't belong to you. That money belongs to Toys R Us. Right. So well, it's, no, it's like a weird bought- trick, but I'm pretty sure gift cards work off of the accounts receivable of a company. Oh, okay. So if they have this very, very large accounts receivable, they're essentially like issuing credits on the accounts receivable, and whenever they want to take it back, they just take that gift card out of syndication, and then the value has come back into their accounts receivable which is on the balance sheet as an asset for your company. Oh, really? I don't know anything about that. Yeah, accounts receivable is an asset for your company. And so the way I believe gift cards work, at least I heard it through the grapevine, is that they are, it's like you're basically loaning out credit on your accounts receivable, which is an asset for your company, right? But that's so, so weird, though, because they gave you cash for it. They preloaded it. Yeah, exactly. And when you when they actually use it, you now reduce your accounts receivable, right? And that becomes cash on hand. Now you have an option. You could take that cash. It's just cash. It's just, it's just cash. You do what you but want. Why would it, why would it convert to cash on hand after they use after they use the gift card, even though they already like went and gave somebody working at a cash register, a $20 bill to preload a gift card with $20 on it. Like, just, Sorry, they're paying you cash. You get the cash when they pay you for the gift card. When they use uh, the gift card, your accounts receivable gets decreased. Oh, okay. Right. Does okay. that make sense? I guess that makes more sense, yeah, than, than what just I was thinking. Just like, before. quick on the one-twos. When you own a business, you do a service, you don't get paid immediately unless you get paid immediately. It goes into your accounts receivable, right? This big old giant pile of shit that you have rights to. Money you have rights to. Uh-huh. Right? When you issue an invoice, it's now accounts receivable. Right? It's not until you get paid that that comes out of your accounts receivable and it's cash, right? So a big company... I guess that, that, that idea just... It, it, um, it just doesn't make sense to me because I just haven't seen that enough and that just doesn't make sense to me from like a... Yeah. It's, um... It's fun. It's like it's it's neat. It's like uh, accounts receivable, accounts payable is basically like credit that you have with people, right? If you have a very large accounts receivable, why are we talking about this? We're supposed to be talking about headlines, but anyways. Uh, well, it ties to the headlines. It has to do with the fact that um, who, what I guess, how much are you entitled to if, um, for example, 
Bitfinex goes insolvent and you are left holding bag holding like I don't know. Oh, you just got a bunch of shit tokens. Congratulations. Yeah. So for from from the perspective of end user protection. Like <laughs> you got nothing. End user protection. You're funny, Jesse. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Um Tether is supposed to be like pseudo like I guess it's not really insured. It's only insured and it was, it's not anymore insured on the exchange's end, on Bitfinex's end by I forget who. Who insured them originally? Who? Bitfinex? Some, somebody insured Tether. Oh yeah, I remember. Remember there were there were two things that insured Tether. Like one was some like some um the South Chinese... American banks or something like that. Man, I don't remember. It's been it's been too long, but I wish I did. I think it was the South American banks and then we got we got weirded out by it. But wasn't it the Chinese like shadow government bank, like lending bank at some point? Yep, I remember the that too. South American bank. Yeah. Yeah. And then also Mike Novogratz owns a shell bank in Canada that he does a lot of business out of. Remember that? Um Novogratz is the bold yeah, guy yeah, that's, that's all right. over TV. Yeah, he owns like the 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 bio um uh, what is it? Um um it's some biotech company that he turned into a bank it was originally a biotech company though wow, um, dude. but yeah can yeah. you imagine being so wealthy that you have to create shell companies to to hide your money and move your money around it's like um maybe it's like when people buy like pre-existing accounts in like video games and then use them to mule around money because they're more trustworthy because now um at least oh, in the wow. game room. This is deep. Tell me. Tell me more. Well, like you buy, you know how people buy identities with like Facebook, uh, Facebook accounts oh. that have been created like years ago, and they're just I don't like know dormant. Any of this? No. Oh, yeah. Go on. Yeah, like like people used to like they used to seed identities like a few a few years ago. They used to seed identities so they could sell them later on. So like they would they would create Facebook like tons and tons of Facebook accounts, put like profile pictures of like I don't know random people on the internet, and um, essentially like add random people, and then grow these accounts so that they looked like a like a like a real person. Just in the same way they they groom like, I guess that they can groom like realistic passport identities. Wow, this is deep. Keep going. I'm very. But yeah, I guess I don't know. Grooming like shell companies, I I guess is the same way. Like, because I I've heard of grooming uh, identities for like you know grooming like social security identities for pat that connect with like passport accounts that connect with Facebook accounts. So it looks like you're just stepping into somebody's identity. And then same thing that goes on with like RuneScape. You can buy hand farmed accounts that have no um, trace of being of of having been botted. You can probably buy shell companies that, you know, have had at some point a legitimate use that are now just being used for uh, from laundering, laundering money, maybe. Oof. Yeah, I, I guess that's how it would work is that you buy something that looks quasi. I feel like I've seen enough drug movies to understand how this works. Buy a business that looks quasi um, legitimate and it's been going for a really, really long time and then start squirting money through that bad boy at a higher volume than usual and then have it on the outside look like business is booming yeah yeah mm. 
Thank Never you, know. Breaking Bad, for teaching me how to be a drug lord. Okay, go on. Uh, we gotta um, keep it moving. Yeah, let's go to let's go to Tuesday's articles. Let's. Oh, I guess the last article for Monday, um, or last two articles, just the headlines. CFTC would approve Ether futures if asked, Insider says, and then also report Fidelity is <laughs> going to be rolling out crypto trades, crypto trading within a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So all of you Fidelity users out there, and you TD Ameritraders, you're going to have access to trading cryptocurrency, baby. All right. Now. Oh, oh, and also Bitfinex's um, Bitcoin price was excluded from coin market cap. Ooh, coin market cap they average. They are fake. They are fake news. All right. Well, speaking of Fidelity, Bitcoin miners send message at Fidelity. We run on clean energy, not dirty coal. Ooh. <laughs> Let's read. This is this article was written by Anna Badakova. Bitcoin miners made the case for the industry as a driver of clean energy adoption rather than the ecological disaster depicted by critics at Fidelity's mining summit Friday. The, ve- the, the venue for the day-long event uh, was as notable as the talks. The Fidelity Center for Applied Technology and R&D division that has dabbed in Bitcoin mining, <laughs> dabbled in Bitcoin mining, um, hosted the conference at the financial services giant's global headquarters in Boston. Fidelity has embraced the crypto markets more than most incumbents. This year, it launched Fidelity Digital Asset Services, which handles custody of Bitcoin for institutional clients and is expected to roll out trading in the coming weeks. So, Fidelity is really, really getting tight pants about cryptocurrency. Here's a quote. Uh, In a decade, we will start referring to Bitcoin completely differently. So no shit, man. This is I hate being early with things. For now on, I'm just going to zombie out and be on the same train that everyone else is on. Right. It's like going to it's like being the first to the party. There's nothing going on. Yeah, you get free access to the snacks, but then you're that guy if you're munching and snacking when everybody hasn't even shown up yet. It's like, wait, the snacks were out already. You guys should have got here earlier. And it's like, nope. You're early. You're weird. Mm. That was a tangent. That was a very bad tangent. So, um, sorry. Let's <laughs> let's move on. Speaking of being early to the party, uh, WeChat bans merchant users from crypto trading. So, Every single company that eventually wants to uh, release their own cryptocurrency for for means of recirculating their own dough, um, holding on to. I think I kind of see the genius in this. If 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 I'm right, if you have a bunch of money and you create a cryptocurrency, and then everybody starts using your own cryptocurrency inside of your apps then you're basically holding on to all the cash that ever comes into your company. Right? That would make kind of sense, yeah. Let's think about this. Say you've got a million dollars. Let's really think about this right now. Fuck we chat. This is Jesse D chat. We got the Jesse D chat company. We're making $5 billion. We take $2 billion of that, and we say... 
this $2 billion is going to be money that people can use in our app to buy things. Since they're using our money to buy things, we don't have to pay Visa for the connection anymore. They can trade their things, use our money. Essentially, we're only lowering our liquidity, but our assets stay the same. So we're not as liquid. There's only $3 billion of us that's that's cash that we can move. $2 billion is locked up in people using that $2 billion to buy stuff with. It's actually kind of genius. Wait, what tangent are you going on based I'm on? I'm trying to figure out like why companies are issuing their own cryptocurrency. What's the value? What's the value in it for them? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm just trying to map it out in my head. If if anybody is listening to this and is is a financier or CFO because somewhere, they have they have limited. Let me understand this. Um, not all exchanges um, go to all the decimal places, right? For all the trades, so there's like dust that you lose in every transaction, right? Yeah. Um, some tokens, some some like shit, shitty tokens are also. Um, limited by the the tech to be traded in whole numbers. Um, they're also limited by the exchange potentially. So there's a lot of different pairings that exist where if I trade you $100 in Bitcoin, what comes out on the other side in shit token number one may not be anywhere near close to $100. Um, like I'll lose, you know, maybe like if we're talking about Coinbase, if Coinbase is trying to profit on their, on their token, then they're making um, 0.3% of the transaction. They're making, um, what else are they making? Yeah, but what does this have to do um, with them issuing their own cryptocurrency? So this is like what I'm saying. So like you're, you're buying, so, so, Coinbase has like Coinbase token and you're trying to take your profits from the Bitcoin uh, value increasing and you're switching from Bitcoin to Bitcoin or to Coinbase token, you're going to lose some of your profits in the, in the, the fees. And you're also going to lose some profits in the fact that um, they won't let you buy whole, like they won't let you buy all the amount of BTC that you have in their token. So that the BTC that is left in the BTC account is going to be theirs as well. Unless you move money back into that account to, to pull the rest of that. So is everyone Superman doing like, have you, have you ever seen like a Binance account where people trade a lot in alts and you see how much dust in alts is left? Okay. So you lose like, for example, I'll give you some like numbers. If you're moving like, tens of thousands of dollars and you're flipping like altcoins, right? You're going to lose a few hundred dollars in dust of these alt tokens. If you're trading like, I don't know, 20, 20 alt tokens and say like a hundred thousand dollars, you're probably going to lose maybe a thousand dollars in dust. You're probably going to lose another couple thousand in transaction fees. And if everybody's doing that and they're, they're, they're incentivizing trading your profits to a, a um a peg a stable coin a binance token or a coinbase token or whatever you want a, a tether then 
they're also going to be making money on on that on the on the value of that increasing and they can pull um yeah i mean uh it'd be it'd be easier just like with a picture you can just see things (laughs) you know i think it would be easier with a picture we talk about a lot of things that would be easier with the picture it doesn't make it easy for our audience i imagine but at least hopefully you guys are entertained when you're on your way to work because that's where you're listening to us in your car or working out but but yeah the frictions of the trading process and trading to a stable coin that's where you're losing everything yeah well keeping it moving on to uh you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get this fucking show going. WeChat's banning merchant services in their app. They're doing their own cryptocurrency. Um, your turn, man. Let's move it on to Wednesday. All right, take it on home, baby. Uh, let's see. All right, Binance CEO Chang Peng Zhao. Oh, Ch- yeah, Chang Peng Zhao dismisses idea to reorganize Bitcoin blockchain following the hack. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they use their Seifu funds, and that's what was published uh, in the what article. What is that? Funds or Seifu? Um, that's the acronym for the account, the uh, insurance account that they have. Oh, okay. So somebody yeah. just skirted off with $40 million? See, um, the next article on Coindesk is about the fact that it says CoinFirm has been watching the erratic movements of the Bitcoin associated with $40 million stolen in the latest Binance breach. Um, at 4.11 a.m. on May 8th, the hacker or hackers moved 1,214 Bitcoin to new addresses and then moved another 1,337 to two new addresses hold, uh, held by the hacker. Um, and then they show an image that is trying to show you the Bitcoin transactions. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to show you the the transactions and how they were moving. But I don't know. Um, There's a a tweet or is that even? Yeah, it's tweet. According to CoinFirm IO analysis, the Binance hacker has recently moved. Oh wow! Yeah, they're meant the same thing. Is there like an actual image that shows everything? I do not know. Yeah, there's just a bunch of tweets from CoinFirm following the move, uh, the movements of the hacker moving the funds from addresses to new addresses to new addresses. Um. Here's where the Binance hack BTC moved more uh, coming, including some exchanges. Some of it went to um, funds have been moved again. Where are I they imagine going it's to? like the game Clue. If you work at an exchange when it gets hacked, you know what I mean? Be awful. Like no one can trust anyone. If I worked at an exchange and it got hacked the very next day, I'm like on trust no one mode. I would say, like, how long is it before you quit? And when you quit, where are you going? I won't tell anyone. You won't tell anyone. Just let just let me know. Did you do it? You the hacker? 
Did you do it? I just want... No, that's the fastest way to get murdered. But... <laughs> but... I just wonder how creepy it is at the office the next day. Like, okay, one of you motherfuckers did this. So... This is crazy. But anyway. That's pretty crazy. What would you what would you do, Jesse? Like, all right. It's Monday morning. Imagine you just picked up your Starbucks, you sat down in the in the boardroom. I walk in, sit down next to you. I'm like, hey man, boss don't look right. And the boss shuts the door and he's like, Hey, guess what, guys? Uh we just lost uh forty million dollars with the Bitcoin. And I look at you and I'm like, Whoa. What? How do you react to that? How do you react to that? Um, where? What are we gonna replace the funds with, and the users, and in the user accounts, so that oh, we don't get you're sued? on go mode from the jump. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna get that back, right? Yeah, it's gone. So, yeah, it's like, how can we replace those funds without the users getting mad at us? Oh, see, that's see, that's why you're the world's most interesting man. You're on go mode from the jump. I'd be in shock for like 36 hours. I'd be like, wow, they got us. They really got us. Wow. <laughs> and you'd be like, you'd be like munching on a muffin. Yeah. It's like, wow. This is crazy, but this banana nut muffin is not. It is very sane. And tech companies have the best break rooms, too. Mm. Did you see they put chocolate flavored coffee in there, Jesse? I know we're supposed to be uh, talking about the hack, but um, you gotta try some of that mocha. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, man, yeah, forty million dollars. How much? How much do they make? I don't. Forty-one million. Finance profits, twenty eighteen. See, yeah, they brought in almost half a billion in profits in twenty eighteen. Really? So, yeah, they're that's that's fine. They're yeah, fine. They're okay. They don't mind. They're... That's why I'll he threw this... out that like, hey, can we reorg the big? Oh no, okay, it's okay, no big deal. That's no big deal. <laughs> anyways, yeah, uh, yeah. Anyways, I, I guess talking about losses from hacking, cybercrime. Uh, losses doubled in 2018, according to the FBI, reporting damages from cybercrime nearly doubled to $2.7 billion. Uh, roughly half that amount stemmed from business email schemes that zeroed in on wire transfer payments. Okay. So they out here stealing, huh? I guess uh, business email scams are especially lucrative, apparently. Yeah, uh, the FBI reports pegged. Uh, report pegs $1.2 billion on the 2018 losses on business email scams. Dude, I got one earlier. Uh, last, I got one two weeks ago at my work email. Uh, by the way, like first name, last name at whatever your company is dot com is a terrible convention for security. But anyways, um, somebody emails the company from posing as our CEO saying hello i need your personal phone number so there's an important task i would like for you to do for me and i was like what <laughs> it's like this is 
this is weird. And then, like, surely, 30 seconds later, our tech guy sends out an email to everyone. like, yeah, this is a scam. Please don't give this person your phone number, please. And I was like, oh, okay. That's sneaky. That happened to our company, and then our tech guy started writing fake emails, trying to fish for information, and then, like, publicly humiliating people who fell for the scams by blasting the whole oh, company. That is funny. That is hilarious. You're like, ha, ah, you dummy. You fell for the Nigerian prince. Dummy. Yep. Yep. And uh, the last article for Wednesday um, just talks about Facebook. Facebook's major reversal on crypto ad ban, encouraging blockchain promotion now. Facebook coin's going to come out now. Oh, because Facebook's going to start trading crypto? Facebook's going to have Facebook coin. Jesus. We just we just created a monster. Speaking of monsters, it's Thursday's news. Bifinex is running the charts. Bifinex token sale has lined up $1 billion in commitments. Hot damn. Next article. Good for them. Good for investors of Bifinex. No one else can get their hands on that. But if you're an accredited investor, you sure can. Next article, a comprehensive list of enterprises partnering with blockchain in 2019. Uh, That's an actual slide deck. This is another one of those crazy thick articles from Hacker Noon. Hot damn, this is, I'm actually going to peg this and read this later. This looks like a great article, actually. Um, there's it's just weird to kind of present this to you guys listening because yeah, it's actually a really good article yeah this is a really good article but uh the list is on slide and there are one two slides of hundreds of enterprises so uh, it would behoove you to join the slack because that's where i'm about to put this list right now <laughs> slick You're putting it in general chat. Oh, there it is. I got a headache. All right. Um, moving on to the next article. SEC Commissioner fears heel dragging will stifle crypto innovation. The SEC Commissioner is absolutely right. It's almost like she could do something about it. Hester. <laughs> I kind of want to interview this woman. Say like, hey, why would you say that? Can't you do something about this? You're the commissioner. Like, well, no, I don't think that's, that's not that's not her. Hester Pierce is that white dude, really old dude. Oh no, it is her. Oh my god, you're right. Wait, Hester? Okay. Oh, I thought it was that that dude that was um part of the Senate um, hearings about crypto. You're thinking of the CFTC, I think. That's right. Yeah, you're right. No, no, no. You're not. You're thinking about the balder guy who. No, no, no. The guy with hair. CFTC chairman. That's who I'm thinking of. Yeah. No, that's not guy. That's not the guy. Okay. This is the SEC, though. This isn't the CFTC. No, yeah, it is. It's Jay Clayton. That's the guy I'm thinking of. That's the SEC chairman. Wait a second. Jay Clayton? Yeah. Is he friends with Callaway Crane? Oh my god. 
still love that name. I want that to be my gamer tag. Calloway Crane and the Forget Me Not Fellas coming to your town. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, just. Um, John Biggs wrote this article. Hester and Pierce, a member of the SEC, is worried that the regulator is moving too slow for the crypto ecosystem. Addressing fellow regulators at the SEF in Palo Alto Securities Enforcement Forum, uh, Pierce said that one year ago she was concerned that the SEC as one of the token market's potential regulators would stifle its growth. She wearily added, I I will admit that I was very young and not about whether the SEC would stifle the industry's growth. It was, but in how it would do it. So, wow. Now she's like, hey, it's not that they're going to stifle the growth. It's like how they're going to stifle the growth. Wow. Here's a quote. I worried that hasty regulation would smother the industry with its infancy. My concerns did not become reality. The enforcement actions we have taken to date in the crypto space have, for the most part, exhibited appropriate restraint. On the regular side, on the regulatory side, hasty is not a word I would use to describe the SEC's pace. It is not the SEC's overzealous action that has stifled the crypto industry, but its unwillingness to make meaningful action at all. She said. Things aren't moving fast enough. The SEC has yet to provide guidance to the public or FINRA on any of the four questions. The result is that many would-be brokers and trading platforms are, are stuck in a frustrating waiting mode. They are not able to get clear answers to question about how they may proceed in this market. One last quote. The U.S. securities markets have historically been the envy of the world. I do not want heel dragging by the SEC and crypto to mar that well-deserved reputation. So, um, yeah, it's, it's getting hot as fuck in those SEC streets, Jesse. She's like, she wants money to move. Mm-hmm. She's like that little kid her. who's like yeah. in that little toy car, and then it's not going. So they're like butt scooting to the edge of the seat, and then like trying to like stop themselves to get like momentum to get it to go again. Yeah, I know, you know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening. She's doing that butt scoot. Do you remember that song, It's Getting Hot in Here by Nelly? Yeah. Why you at the bar if you ain't popping the bottles? It's a great question, right? Universal question. <laughs> I don't remember that part of the song if, if you're asking nope. that. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a part of the song. Damn. I think that's how the lyric goes. But to me, the answer to that question is easy. I'm at the bar to enjoy a beverage or perhaps a snack. Um, I don't really want to spend $80 on a bottle of liquor. That That is pricey. I mean, now I'm going to ask you that question. Why are you at the bar if you ain't popping them bottles? Hmm. So can you not answer that question? So you would like to pop the bottles? You don't pop the bottles at the bar. Well, you do if you're Nelly, I think. Uh, okay. And the Saint Lunatics. 
you pop them at, at like your at your table, right? Like because you get a VIP table, and then you have like bottle service, pop bottles for you, and you well, pay like a thousand dollars a bottle. Well, here's the thing: is that maybe you pop the bottle at the bar, uh huh, as like a lure. You know what I mean? Okay. To maybe your VIP is not popping. You didn't let anybody know you were gonna be there, so you say, "Hey, let me leave the VIP for a second. Let me stroll up to the bar, pop a bottle." everybody's going to say like, well, this guy just popped a bottle. And then you take that bottle back to your VIP area. And then other people are going to say like, Hey, are you the pop the bottle guy? You say like, yeah, is this bottle not popped? Oh, have a seat, have a seat. Let's pop this bottle. You know what I mean? Maybe it's like a hook. (laughs) I would, I would pay good money to watch you pop a bottle. And say yeah. all the things you said and go to a VIP table and see if you get anybody to follow you. <laughs> or if it's just you sitting at the VIP table saying to yourself, Does anybody want to pop this bottle with me? <laughs> I got a second bottle here. You've seen <laughs> my capabilities already. I popped one. I'm waiting to pop a second with all y'all. So come on into my VIP area. That's pretty much what it's about. Man, VIP areas are like super sketch. Uh yeah, yeah. I've been in a couple there. Not uh not not sketch. Especially yeah. the ones at the um the establishments where the ladies of the night gather. Hmm. Uh they those VIP rooms can be extreme i feel like those are like high-powered executives who can like have me killed if i walk in and i'm not supposed to be there or they're like drug dealers who could shoot me dead uh (laughs) you're going yeah yeah it's not like a triad like you're going straight like evil not all of them are like that no 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 these are the ones in in atlanta oh word yeah you might want (laughs) to stay out of those man Stay, stay way out of those. Unless Ludacris is there. Oh, okay. Um, okay. True story. My brother's bachelor party. I was the money guy. So he handed me a giant wad of all the money that he had for the bachelor party festivities. Like yeah. a giant wad of cash. It was like thousands but of dollars. Like all ones, right? Yeah. Ones, fives, twenties. And he was like, hey, this is what we collected from everyone. Here's a giant, giant wad of thousands of dollars. And I was like, uh, okay, nice. So I'll just hold this then. But the thing that I did like a fun idiot, like one of those Mr. Bean, the Mr. Bean of strip clubs. I'm in this club. Oh shit. Oh, my sister-in-law don't listen to the show. So we're in this titty bar. Sorry. We're in this club, this lady of the night, uh, gathering establishment. I'm just trying to be PC. And I I get I request a dance from a performer who smelt like bubblegum. And we go there into the room and I go to pull out the money but the the money falls out of my pocket, like all of it. Oh no. Yeah, and it's one of those situations where it's pretty much a cardinal sin to pick up money once it's hit the floor on a strip club, oh, but I'm no. young. I was like 21, 22. Uh-huh. 
No, so, excuse me, I was 23. And I had been down, and I pick up all this cash, and they're like, um, and I was like, yeah, no way you're getting all this. I just dropped it. It just <laughs> fell out of my pocket. But from that moment on, they, they, they like, pegged me as the guy that had the cash. So, dude, I was getting dances from all of the performers, like, even multiple performers at once at some points. And I was like, wow, they must really like my face because I've never gotten this much attention before. (laughs) And so, but the funny thing is, is I was like, other guys were coming up to me to get money to give to the strippers. I guess I felt like I was the proxy, not strippers, ladies of the night performers. Uh, I was the proxy. So they didn't get in trouble with their wives. I was the guy like this guy's financing it. He's taking all the moral dilemma with him. And so dudes are walking up to me and I'm giving them money, but not giving the dancers money that are dancing on me. I'll give them like a 20 and like, <laughs> so it was just such a weird experience. <laughs> and every time a guy came up to me and I handed them some money, the strippers would look at oh, the ladies of the night would look at me and they would say, they would just look so mad. And then I remember one, I made so I pissed her off so much that she like walked away. And because I made fun of her tattoo on her back, and I'm just anyways, long story short, don't have too much cash in a trip club. It gets awkward, especially if you're not giving it out. So, um, yeah, sorry about that, Jesse. I apologize. I, I've, I've learned something. Yeah. Yeah, man. Don't don't take big wads of cash to the lady <laughs> of the night gathering establishment unless your be you aims to, to, to use it. So, uh, guys, we're gonna end. <laughs> we're gonna end the crypto show with that story about. Oh my god! A fine establishment in Kansas City, Missouri. Um, yeah. So if you like this show, man, tune in. We do the headlines. Uh, we try to make the best of what we get. Um, if you can't tune into the show, you should probably tune into Jesse's Twitch at uh, Twitch.com/slash. Twitch.tv dot slash dot com Bitcoin the Mexican Filipino slash dot net dot AI dot AI or you could go to twitch dot TV and search for the Mexican Filipino might be twitch.com I have no idea because obviously I'm not a twitch aficionado but you can you can go to twitch.tv slash the mexican filipino or i think dlive.tv as well and mixer and youtube live and if you're really sensitive it's not a racist thing jesse's mexican and filipino so um what else so the bitcoin podcast network lots of shows man just just put us on your feed you know what? Something we haven't asked for in a while. I'm going to go ahead and ask for it. If you go to iTunes and you give us a review, we read those. And we'd like to read yours. Because it makes us feel closer to you. It makes this conversation a little bit more intimate. So go give us an iTunes review. And, and tell us how you feel about the shows. Um, make any suggestions. We may or may not follow them. So, anyways... Um, Bitcoin podcast is coming out soon. 
lots of things on the lots of things on the radar coming up. So, Jesse, you got anything to add, my man? Nope. Thanks for listening. Oh, oh, this is our one year anniversary of doing this yeah. show. That's right. Damn, we should have made a big deal about that, but you see, we're very we're modest. So it's been an entire year giving you guys headlines. Uh, we're taking next week off, so there's that. <laughs> so, just know that that's happening. All right. Um, I think that's it, man. I think we close this out. Sounds good. Thanks again. That's all, folks. Is that something I can get sued for? <laughs>